Thank you so much, worship team, as always. You do a great job of leading us into the presence of God through praise and worship, and we praise God for you. Thank you for your service. Like Brother Scott had already said, we are serious about our worship this morning, even though I'm standing in front of a giant robot. Brother Ben Harris um, told me this morning, he said, Brother, if you run into that robot, I'm going to have to laugh, so um, I may have to get down to where you are, because um, I may run over it. But uh, we are serious about what God wants to show us through His Word. Amen? Amen. I believe that's where God speaks to us, through His absolute truth. His word. And as we hear what God's word says, it brings direction to our lives. For that I'm thankful. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse number 10, that he promises to all who trust in him abundant life. Everybody say abundant life. Abundant life. Um, I wasn't planning on spending this much time on John 10, 10, but the Lord is just done a work in my heart and um, spoke to me concerning the abundant life that we can all have and I just can't get enough of it. Now, how many of you understand this morning, if Jesus offers it, I want it. How about you? That's weak as water. If Jesus offers it, I want it. How about you? Amen. Amen. If, if we don't want what he has for us, then what's all this about? If we don't want to experience what His Word promises, then, then what's the point? I was talking to a pastor friend of mine yesterday, and we were talking about how that um, he was telling me in his church, he feels as though they've lost their desperation for the Lord. That's a scary thing. When you, lose, when you quit being desperate for the Lord, when you quit seeing your great need to meet with Him, amen, then, then we miss everything. Folks, I, I am not at all concerned about us just having a meeting. I'm concerned about us meeting with Him. I want, I want to see His manifest power and presence at work in the lives of people when we come to this place. And you should as well. Never get complacent and, and be okay. Always be hungry for what God has for you. And so I want what the Lord has for me. And I hope and pray that you do as well. And He has abundant life for all who receive Him. And we've been going through some different steps to abundant living. And we said first you need a personal relationship with the Lord, if you're going to experience abundant life, you cannot experience the abundant life that God offers until you know the creator of life. God is the creator of life. We've been talking about that a whole lot this weekend in Vacation Bible School, that God spoke and all the universe came into existence. God created mankind and breathed into his nostrils, the Bible says, the breath of life. 
You cannot experience the abundant life that God offers uh, promises in His Word unless you know the Creator of life. He is the Creator of life, and you can only know God by knowing God the Son. Can you say amen? The Lord Jesus. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only way. You say, well, brothers, that's pretty dogmatic to say that He is the only way. No, that's just Bible. I'm going to stand on what God's Word says, and you should as well. There's only one way, and it's through a relationship with Jesus, you experience the life that God offers. 1 John 5, 12, one of my favorite verses says, He who hath the Son hath life, and he who hath not the Son hath not life. Folks, you can exist and not really live. You can go through the motions day by day, Get up, go to work, come home, do what you got to do, go to bed. And that become the routine and the rut that you're in. And you can exist and not really experience the life that God has for you. Jesus offers abundant life. You can only realize that, first of all, through a personal relationship with Him. Then we said we need to pray continually as believers. Prayer is a privilege of the child of God. I can, you know what blows my mind, what absolutely blesses my soul uh, more, more than anything else? When I see God answer my prayer, that blows me away. When I think that the God who breathed the stars into existence, the God who spoke light out of darkness, the God who stood on nothing and by a spoken word created everything. When I know that He has heard my prayer and I see Him answer that, that blows me away. The book of James says, we have not because we ask not. We ought to pray big prayers because we serve a big God who is able. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Don't be preoccupied with uh, listen, small prayers, just small prayers. Now, God's concerned about them too. But it's okay for you to pray big prayers. It's okay for you to pray big things, for God to do big things. Because praise God, He's able. We ought to pray because there's power in prayer. Can you say amen? amen. The power of God is released upon our situation, whatever it is, when God's people choose to pray. The Apostle Paul said we ought to pray without ceasing, and he's right. Stay in a continual attitude of prayer. I am so thankful for prayer warriors, aren't you? Some of our dear saints that we minister to at the nursing home. Every time I go in there, I've got one little lady that I love dearly. I'm telling you, she'll preach you to death. She sits over on the side, and, 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 and when you're preaching, she's constantly doing this, pointing at you. So I'll be preaching, she'll be pointing at me. And then when I finally make my point, she'll say, there it is. <laughs> that just makes me want to keep preaching. She knows where I'm going and, uh-huh, praise God, there it is. Thank you, Jesus. Every time I meet with them out there and I leave, she'll always tell me, you're in my prayers. Well, praise God. We can't all pray. And we should all be praying. Pray for one another. Pray for you, pastor. You want better preaching? 
I need better praying. I'm going to pray for you and you pray for me. You know, let me tell you what, because we're family. You are my brothers and sisters. That's how I see you. Amen? Amen. We love you. I'm going to pray for you. You pray for me. Pray continually. We all need it. Then we looked last week at we need a purpose to serve. We said a happy Christian is a serving Christian. Isn't that the truth? Isn't it good to serve? Amen. We purpose to serve for we have been saved to serve. And we looked last time we were together at the Lord Jesus. Now I can't think of a better one to look at. How about you? How many know he was the suffering servant? Can you say amen? That, that we sung about it in that song this morning. I love it so much. I, can't, I don't know the name of it. The, the uh, second song that we sang. That, what's the name of that, brother? Resurrected. Resurrected. And, and it talks about in there, the, the, uh, the, the one who once wore the crown of thorns is now crowned with glory. And the one who once washed the disciples' feet, now I bow at his feet. Can you say amen? He was the suffering Savior. Now he is the exalted King of kings and Lord of lords. Seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. That, that kind of speaks to the pray continually thing. I mean, if Jesus is praying continually, we ought to pray continually. <laughs> but, but I want you to know, He is the picture of the suffering servant coming for us in our greatest time of need. We needed a Savior, and He came and served us through the cross. We looked at the story in John 13 of how Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. We answered three questions. We said, first of all, who is serving. Well, is Jesus serving? And again, him being our example, if he serves, praise God, we ought to serve. If we're going to be like Jesus, and that's what a Christian is to be, like Jesus, then we ought to serve. Then we looked at who he was serving, and he was serving men. How I many know throughout the ministry of Jesus, that's what he did. He served men, women, boys, and girls. And how I many you know that's what we are called to do as believers? We love God and we show our love for God by serving others. We show our love for others by serving others. But ultimately, our service is to the Lord. Can you say amen? What I do, I do for Jesus. And you better do what you do for Jesus too. Like I told you last time we were together, if you do what you do for me and you're going to get burnt out real quick. If you do what you do to please men, that ain't going to last long. And, and listen, if it does last long, ain't going to be any fruit in it. What we do, we better do for Jesus. Because we love Him. Because we want to serve Him. And in serving Him, we certainly serve others. Amen? Jesus said, the servant is not greater than his Lord. John 15, 20. He is our Lord. We are his servants. If he served, we ought to serve. If he served men, we ought to serve men, women, boys, and girls as well. That's the picture of a child of God. And then we looked at how he served. He humbled himself. He was willing to take off his kingly robes and put on the servant's towel and wash some feet. 
That's not a job a lot of people is going to sign up for. That's what Jesus did. And he did it, I believe, as a foreshadowing to what was coming the next day. You see, the next day he was going to die for the sins of all mankind. And he said there in John 13, we didn't read it last week. Maybe you can go back and read it uh, in your quiet time. But in John 13, he told his disciples, you don't know what I'm doing now, but you're going to know hereafter. He was telling them through the washing of the feet, I'm about to go and serve your greatest need. I'm going to be your servant at the cross. And that's what he did for us. Now I want to dive just a little bit deeper into all of that this morning, purposing to serve and what that looks like in the life of a believer. And I want to give you just about four statements concerning serving. And I don't know, this is kind of a different sermon. This is not really what I had planned on preaching, but it's something the Lord laid on my heart this morning, and I want to share it with you. Statement number one, servants do what they do out of love. If you're going to be a servant that is pleasing unto Jesus, you must do what you do out of love. Can you say amen to that? Amen. How many of you know love makes all the difference? The lost and dying world outside the walls of this building, let me tell you what they're looking for. They're looking for love. Every man, woman, boy, and girl upon the face of this earth want to be loved. John 13, 35, Jesus said by this, the love you have one for another, all men are going to know you are my disciples. What he's saying is, the lost world is going to look at you and say, you know what, there's something different about how they treat one another. There's something different about how they speak to one another. There's something different about how they serve one another. There's something different about how they, uh, 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 listen to me now, sometimes tolerate one another. Amen? There's something different. And when they see that, they're going to want what, what we have when they see our love. So we ought to serve out of love. Love for God, again, and love for people. Why do we do what we do at, uh, this weekend to bring these kids in here? We do it because, first of all, we love God and He's told us to love others, but we do it because we love these babies. Amen. Oh, folks, I want you, we have been blessed here. We are blessed beyond measure. Look at these young people we've got scattered all over this auditorium this morning. All the ones that were up here a while ago. We are blessed, but with that great blessing comes great responsibility. It is our responsibility to show them the love of Christ, to minister to them. Can you say amen? To disciple them. And so what we've done this weekend through our, our vacation Bible school, we do it because first of all, we love God and we love others. Our service must be motivated out of love. Everything we do, must be motivated out of love. If you're teaching the Sunday school, listen, you need to do it. Speak truth in love. If you're preaching the sermon, we need to be motivated by love. What we do should be done out of love. Makes all the difference. Take your Bibles and turn very quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. 
He says in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or love. Watch what he says. I am become as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Now, how many of you know that in the band, the brass and the cymbal have a place that they need to be played to make the song work right? And when they're played in the right place for the, for the right purpose, man, it, it goes along with what the, all the band's doing and, and makes the song pleasing to the hearer. But how many of you understand if that uh, symbol is played out of time for the wrong purpose in the wrong way, then it's going to mess up the band and mess up the song. Amen? That's why you don't want Brother Israel playing the cymbal. I, I don't have any rhythm, <laughs> any musical ability whatsoever. I, it's hard for me to even play the radio most of the time. That's about all I can do. But, but I want you to know, um, if you're going to do anything, really what he's saying here, he's saying we need to do it out of love. Love for God and love for others. He says in verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all ministries and knowledge and have all faith that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I have not love, I have, this means nothing. If I know the word of God and I speak the word of God, that's what prophecy is all about. If, if, I don't, if I don't give the word of God in love, then I'm not going to benefit you and I'm not going to be serving God effectively. Amen? Paul makes it plain that whatever we do must be done in love. Jesus said in John 14, verse number 15, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We do what we do because we love him. And I'll say this, listen to me, folks. You tell a whole lot more about a person by what they do than what they say. Jesus said, the true test of how you love me is what you're doing for me. So we must all ask ourselves as believers, what are we doing for him? You say, oh, Brother Israel, I, uh, years ago I prayed a prayer and I signed a card and I went through a baptistry and I, I know I'm born again. I, I know I'm a child of God. Well, well, let me say something to you. What's God doing in your life today? How is he using you today? If I were you, I wouldn't just put all of my uh, hope in what happened years ago. If God is not continually working in your life, I'd check truly in who you've placed your faith. It's good that we take inventory of our lives. The Bible tells us to do so. Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to do what I tell you to do. You're going to serve him. Our service must be motivated by love. Let me give you another one. Our service to the Lord is a privilege, not an obligation. That's a good one because we need to get a hold of that, all of us. I, I remember um, a few years back, I had been asked to come and preach at a men's conference over in uh, Mississippi, almost at New Albany, Mississippi. And it was on a Saturday evening. It was the Saturday that Alabama was playing Georgia. And they were going to be playing in Tuscaloosa. One of my friends at work on Thursday, 
he came to me on uh, Thursday morning and he said, man, my daughter's not going to the game this week. I've got an extra ticket. Do you want it? And I said, absolutely I want it. Count me in, man. What time are we leaving? I was fired up. And he said, well, just meet over at my house. We'll leave early that morning. We'll leave at 6 and get up there in plenty of time to beat all the traffic. And we made all of our plans and already planned out what we was going to eat and how we was going to get there and all this stuff. And, and uh, later on that day, about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, the brother from over in Mississippi called me and he said, man, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And, uh, and I can't wait for you to come Saturday and it's going to be a good day. And I know the Lord's put this on your heart for us. We just, he's talking, telling me all this and automatically I thought, oh my gosh. So at lunch, the brother that had the tickets, he come to me and he started talking again about what we're going to do and all we had planned. I said, man, you know what? I am so sorry. I have to preach Saturday. I'd forgotten all about it. And boy, when I said that, it's almost like God gave me that two before moment where he took that big long two before and hit me right between the eyes with it. And God spoke to my spirit, you don't have to do nothing. Listen, you need to understand, you don't have to do nothing. You get to be a part of what God is doing. And I got a long way from that, brother, and got on my face over beside a dump truck and asked the Lord to forgive me because I realized, listen, I get to be a part of what the sovereign, star-breathing God who created the universe is doing in this earth. It's not that I have to. It's not an obligation. Folks, it's a privilege. We get to be a part of loving people, helping people, speaking truth to people. We play a part in changing people's eternity through the gospel message. We get to be a, a part of, of helping families, and praying for folks, teaching the class, preaching the sermon, singing the song, making the coffee. I had a brother this morning, he said, I'm going to go make some coffee. I said, brother, I sure appreciate that. I love coffee and everybody else does too. He said, man, however I can serve, that's how I want to serve. If it's making coffee, I'll make coffee. Well, praise God. Listen, that brother understood and realized he don't have to do nothing. He gets to do something. Whatever God allows you to do, it's a big deal. It's a privilege. It's not an obligation. Let me say something else. Number three. Even though I feel... It is my duty to serve Him because of all He's done for me. I realize I can never repay Him, but I certainly do love Him. Now, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is this. Listen, folks, I don't serve Jesus to repay a debt. Even though I feel a great sense of duty to help him do what he's doing 
and to be faithful to him because he's always been faithful to me. But you know what? I serve him because he first loved me and I love him. When you serve out of a love relationship, it makes all the difference. When you serve out of a love relationship, you might get tired in the service of the Lord, but you won't get tired of the service of the Lord. You might get busy, but you won't get burned out. Why? Because you're doing it out of a love relationship. You're not doing it to repay a debt. We're never going to repay the debt we owe. Can you say amen to that? (laughs) Number four. Servants put the needs of others before themselves. Isn't that what Jesus did? Take your Bibles and look with me. Very quickly in Romans chapter 5, verse number 6. For when we were yet without strength, watch this, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He stretched forth his hands, was nailed to the cross, and hung between God and man. Listen to me now. Putting our needs before his own. Amen? That's what a servant does. We realize it's no longer about us. It's ultimately about him and others. David Jeremiah says something I love. He says if you want to know what joy or how to... Um, walk in joy. It's Jesus first, it's others second, and it's yourself last. That's good. A servant puts the needs of others before themselves. Everybody take your hymnal. If you got a white hymnal. Is there a white hymnal? Look on page number 63. Excuse me, 613. I knew there's a 6 and a 3 there somewhere. Look what this says. I, I found this song. Just flipping through the hymnal this morning, and boy, it blessed my soul. Look what it says. We are travelers on a journey, fellow pilgrims on the road. We are here to help each other, walk the mile and bear the load. I will hold the Christ light for you in the nighttime of your fear. I will hold my hand out to you, speak the peace you long to hear. That's good. Sister, let me be your servant. Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. Brother, let me be your servant. Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let me be, or excuse me, let you be my servant too. Look at the third verse. I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. 
I will share your joy and sorrow till we've seen this journey through. When we sing to God in heaven, we shall find such harmony, born of all we've known together, of Christ's love and agony. I'm going to tell you something. You want to know what a servant's all about? That's it. Let's be a servant. Amen. Let's purpose to serve. Let's make a difference in someone's life. Let's love Jesus. Let's love people. Everybody stand today. We always want to give you the invitation to trust in Jesus as your Savior. I believe, I know, He is still in the saving business. Church, if you believe it, save me in. Jesus is still changing hearts and lives. He's still saving souls by His grace. And today, if you'll trust in Him, the same one who saved me can and will save you. That's the first step to abundant living. If you need Him, why not today? Why would you wait any longer? Today's the day of salvation. I was talking to a dear brother this morning when he was talking about the rapture, and he said, I believe the rapture is coming soon. And I said, I do too. I believe we're on the threshold of the coming of Christ. I believe that with all my heart. The Bible we see continually fulfilling. I said, but you know what, brother? It could be 40, 50 years for the rapture. I don't know. Could be a long time out in the future. I don't know. But you know what? My rapture could be today. I could walk through the door of death today and stand before the Lord. And you could too. Our next breath is not promised. And so what I want you to do, what you need to do is be ready. And you get ready by just trusting in Christ. Oh, He makes all the difference. Folks, there's nothing like knowing Jesus. He's the friend that sticks closer than her brother. He's an ever-present help in the time of need. He's my refuge and my strength. My joy is found in Him. There's nothing like knowing Jesus. Do you know Him today? Not do you know about Him. Not do you have a head knowledge, as Brother Ben Harris said this morning. He done a great job with our men's group. He's talking about the difference between a head knowledge of of the Lord and and a heart knowledge where you've truly been changed. I'm asking you, do you you have a heart knowledge? Do you know the Holy Spirit has done a supernatural work that only He can do? If not, today can be the day for you. You come. You may be here and you, you already are a believer. Guess what? You get to be a part of what Jesus is doing in this earth. And he saved you to be a servant. Maybe you just want to come to the altar. I like coming to the altar. Let me tell you why. The men and women of God have been doing business with God at the altar for all of time. And so maybe you just want to come this morning and say, Lord, I'm here. Here I am. Send me. Just like we read about Isaiah. Maybe that's what you need to do today. 
Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe you need to join this church. Whatever you need. We're going to play one stanza. You come. Brother, play for